your best chili is going to be the chili that gets to cook longer because it really like breaks down the meat, it gets tender, and you really extract all that fat and goodness and flavor. There's a misconception, I think. Once ground meat is cooked, it's cooked, and that's what it is. You can stop there, but actually there are benefits to cooking it longer. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Today's episode isn't just about how to make chili. We're also talking about how to make chili for the haters. <laughs> are there chili haters? I mean, I yes, guess there are. I know. We work hard to be inclusive. And so I guess we have to talk about the chili haters. I have literally blocked them out of my life. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Guys, I'm Phyllis kidding. is out here blocking I'm, the haters. I'm here. I listen. Listen, okay, we know that some of you have kids or partners that are picky about certain things, and chili is probably one of those things for some of y'all. So we want to offer some helpful suggestions so that you can make a pot of chili, have what you want to eat, and feed everybody without having to cook a whole other dinner, unless that's what you feel like doing. Which, that's cool too, permission slip to make two dinners, if you're up for it. Before we get into all that and t- talk about how to block the haters, apparently, a <laughs> uh, quick reminder that this is the last week to complete our listener survey. Your responses are so helpful as we plan episode ideas, decide which guests to have, and continue to grow our community. You can find the survey at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash listener dash survey and share some feedback. We've also shared the link to the survey in our free listeners community. We'd love to have you join us there if you haven't already. Visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community, and there you can sign up for our free message board. You can check out the supporting membership options. That includes our recipe archive and bonus episodes. So much good stuff. Go visit today. We're also offering those extra episodes via Apple Podcasts. If you want to just get that content without all the community extras, same episodes, same content, you'll just have a different payment and access experience. Okay, so Stacy, chili for the haters. I think the first and more important question is, does everyone in your house love and eat chili? Yes. Yours? I have one chili hater among us who can sometimes... I guess can I guess can I guess yeah uh okay so I'm choosing between the kids okay I feel like I want to choose uh Ella because she's I think of her as being a little bit more selective in this season of life but she loves burgers mm-hmm. I feel like she likes meat I'm gonna say it's Emmett it is Emmett, which is like oh the interesting thing. It but is interesting. It is interesting, right? And he's more recently come around to chili. And I think that's part of why we're talking about it, too, because it's not the beef or the beans that he dislikes. It's like when there's other stuff in it. So like if I use diced tomatoes instead of like a more pureed tomato or like the yeah. pieces of onion are too big or peppers are too big, he is not into that. Um, but both kids are coming around to spicy chili, which is a new thing in our family. Cause I remember when they were really little and it was like mostly bean based chilies that I would try to serve them even a little bit, like literally if I like 
brought the cayenne pepper from the cabinet and put it near the chili, (laughs) they'd be like, oh, it's too spicy. Yeah. So it's really fun that now they are coming around to it. And in particular, chipotles and adobo seem to be very accessible, like a single chipotle in a pot of chili. So it's like mildly spiced and there's a little bit of smokiness. They both really like that. But um, I'm curious, in your house, is chili always beans and meat? Or is everyone down with like vegetarian chili, all bean chili? (laughs) Vegetarian chili. I know. No. I couldn't guess. Honestly, I don't think I've made a veg. I think maybe I've made a vegetarian chili once years ago. I don't know. If I served (laughs) vegetarian chili, they'd be like, what? Like, why did you bother doing this? But would they eat black bean soup if you're like, we're having black bean soup? Yes. But if I call it chili and it don't got meat, it's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I can tell you. But also black bean soup isn't a full dinner. Right. To the kids. It should be. It can be. It could be to me, but it wouldn't be to them. So chili, like they expect a bowl of chili to be dinner. Okay. Which is very interesting. Also, you know, they're at a different season of childhood than your kids. So like if I made a black bean soup and I was like, here's the black beans, Oliver would probably go grab tortilla chips and shredded cheese and melt that cheese on the chips in the microwave and pair that. Yeah. Like Isaac would rummage for, I don't know, like prepped like something else, meat in the fridge or like eat the soup and then eat spoonfuls of Nutella and then some waffles and then some, you know. Listen, so I'm Oliver. I myself. Yeah. (laughs) Like I I do love chili and I do expect it to be the whole meal. But half of the fun, at least half of the fun of chili is like all the stuff you get to put on top of it. Yeah. And you know what's funny is that my kids actually don't need all the stuff. It depends on the chili. So I have a Chicken chili recipe, chicken verde chili. I'm, it's my own recipe and I can't remember <laughs> what I call it. It's a green chicken chili. Yes. In winter, winter chicken dinner, that's like their favorite. I mean, a classic beef chili is really, really their favorite, but they love that. And we just do some chips on the side and sour cream and it just doesn't, it's really bursting with flavor. And that flavor comes together pretty quickly, which is something that we're going to talk about how to achieve that. But beef chili, they do like more toppings. It's weird. They want like Fritos and sour cream and diced onions. And, you know, they want like the works. There's something about that hot chili. Yes. Some pickled onions if they're in the house. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Does Ella like all manner of chili? Like vegetarian chili is... She does. The only chili she's ever turned down was, and this surprised me, I think it was just because she wasn't prepped ahead of time. We went to our friends and neighbors. They are they are hunters and they keep a lot of venison in their freezer. And so oftentimes when we eat at their house, we have venison. And she Bailey, who's been uh, what we're cooking and eating now, I guess, had made this really delicious venison chili. Like it had fire roasted tomatoes in it and it had like fresh corn in it and then the meat of it was like this braised venison and in manageable pieces and ella was like so turned off when she heard like i think maybe emmett was like oh is this steak in here and bailey was like oh it's venison and then we had like a very open and neutral conversation about what it was and ella was like 
Yeah. I, I she was polite-ish. Bailey will have to refresh my memory about it. I think she was just like, cool, well, I'll eat chips and cheese and like yeah. all the other bits and bobs. But she's since eaten venison in other forms at their house too, like in tacos and stuff. So well, okay, so here's another thing though, and I think that we do have to make this distinction. There are chilies that are made when we're talking about animal protein chilies. Yes. There are chilies that are made with ground beef, which is what I first think of when you say chili. Yes. But there are different chilies, just like, you know, meat sauce for pasta, right? That are made with hunks of meat. Yes. Chili con, you know, chili con carne is just that traditional. But then you can use like any kind of good long cook stew beef mm -hmm. to make chili and you get more like pieces of meat, either like hunks or almost pulled pieces, right. shortcut pulled pieces. And it's different. And I can imagine in addition to the venison factor, which may have she just may have been taken off guard. My kids actually prefer ground meat chili where I whereas I think of that other kind of chili with hunks of beef as being the luxurious yes, kind of chili. Yes, it is somehow superior, even yes. if it's like leftover braised stuff. Yes, totally. Like that's the chili that I don't get to make enough. That's like special chili. And my kids don't like it as much. I will say too that I think the ground meat chili, because you can do beef, you can do chicken, turkey. We grew up with turkey chili a lot. You could even do lamb, like whatever kind of ground meat is available to you. Uh, I think of that as actually the easiest entry point if you have yes, selected 100%. eaters. And in this conversation where we're like, okay, chili for the chili haters. And in part, it's because it's like super consistent, right? Like every little bite of ground meat that's cooked in all the those textures. spices, the yeah. texture is going to be consistent. Whereas like, even if I'm using leftover Mississippi pot roast to make chili, which I did recently, you might get a piece that has like a little bit of connective tissue still or like a little bit of fat. Totally. And so for kids who are like, okay, it's a bowl of question marks, yeah. having the beef or the meat component be consistent, I think is really helpful. And it's another reason to love sort of like that white chicken chili where you're getting shredded pieces of chicken, usually chicken breast, and it's super consistent too. So. Yes, although I, when I make chicken chili, like making it with ground meat okay. as well. Yes. yes. I like a ground meat chicken chili. And I have a thing where if it's chicken chili, I prefer it to be white or green. Yes. And white chili is not my favorite, but I do. If you put ground turkey or chicken in a tomato-based and a, you know, a rich red sauce chili, then I'm I'm a little disappointed. Personally. <laughs> okay, well, you're going to be really disappointed because, in me. Because no. I have associations with a red chicken being like a, you know, chili con carne. Like a yes. nice, like, rich, beefy deliciousness. I don't but necessarily you make, disagree you. make with red you. chili with ground turkey and ground chicken sometimes? Um, Almost never ground chicken. If I'm like you, okay. ground for some reason, even though it's poultry, right? If it's ground chicken, it's like white or green chili in yeah. my brain. So that's just like the way I make it. And turkey chili is the thing I grew up with. Like my mom tended to buy ground turkey over mm -hmm. other ground meat, I think because it went on sale often. And also because 
it may in her mind have been healthier because it has less fat yes. than beef. Totally. But, that's what so there's think. that. And I'm not yeah. saying that's necessarily true for me, but there were I think it depends on your body, like your your personal like goals and orientations, right? Yeah. And and also goal for the finished pot of chili, right? Because I think that there's some value to using like a higher fat beef, like a chuck. Yes. Because the fat adds to the body of a stew. But I was assigned, this maybe was like three or four years ago, that I was assigned a turkey chili for kitchen and I went down this whole rabbit hole and the internet as a whole believes that turkey chili is not white. It is like the classic red sauce. And for some reason, it is an entry point for a lot of people. Yeah, that's really interesting. I agree with you, though, about beef. So one of the great things about using ground beef for as an entry point is that it also cooks quickly. Yes. But I am a believer that even when using quick cooking ground beef, your best chili is going to be the chili that gets to cook longer. Yes. Because it really like breaks down the meat, it gets tender, and you really extract all that fat and goodness and flavor. There's a misconception, I think, that because once ground meat is cooked, it's cooked and that's what it is. You can stop there, but actually there are benefits to cooking it longer. So even cooking it a day ahead and just kind of letting it sit there, sit overnight, especially if it's tomato based, you get the benefit of cooking the meat longer and also the tomato flavors all coming in, chili flavors and spices all coming together and reheat it the next day. So that's not going to happen the same way with turkey because no. it is a much leaner meat. Well, and I think lower protein too. There's some science yeah. and Jay Kenji Alt-Lopez could give us a whole dissertation. I'm sure it, it, it lives on the internet. I think we talked about it in a Good Eats episode in many years ago when I was working on the Good Eats books that there really is, is for any kind of braise, which is essentially what chili mm -hmm. with meat is, whether you're using ground meat or whole chunks of meat, it is a braise. That like the protein, there's sort of like this bell curve of the protein yes. and that mm -hmm. if you cooked it really quickly and ate it like you do for tacos, you're going to get very tender beef. But if you cook it for a long time, it can actually get tough at the top of the bell curve. And then that period of like letting it cook longer, letting it braise and soften, but also like cool and reabsorb a lot of the moisture also makes it more tender too. So it's kind of like either you have to cook it quickly which can be complex for chili because then you're dealing with like the big hunks of onions that your kids don't want to eat that didn't get as softened in the braise or you and have to cook it a little the, bit longer. The blooming time for all the spices yes. because chili gets its flavor from layering all of these herbs and spices, whether dried, whole that you pull out or ground. So I think what we're coming to is entry point, absolutely Ground turkey, ground chicken works across any recipe. It can easily be a substitute for beef. If you're a beef family and you can afford it in this week's budget and you want to make chili, especially if you have a little time, a little extra time to just kind of let it simmer, we think beef is the way to go for a really, like if you're going for maximum flavor as opposed to just like checking all the boxes. Either way is fine. You're going to end up with something delicious. 
I want to go back to the tomatoes too. Yeah. Actually, can we do, can we get to tomatoes? Can we do what we did in the soup episode where we start with an empty pot and we kind of talk through like how you Oh build? yeah, I love it. Because I think, I think of tomatoes as like actually like one of the last things that gets added. Yeah. And we'll just talk about in theory, we're building like a ground beef chili with beans. And then we can talk about variations like after, after we walk through like how to build a great pot of chili. Okay. So pot, I like a Dutch oven. Me too. And what goes in the pot next for you? Oil. Oil. And then vegetables or beef? Onions. That's what I do. I feel like if I were going to do it properly, I would brown the meat first, like sear it, and then take it out and then saute the onions. And also that would require a little less fat in the beginning. Like if you're going to start with meat, you only need like a tiny drizzle of olive oil just so that it doesn't like stick in that like very early part of browning. But the browning process is going to render some of the fat. You could scoop it out, add the onions, and then the onions are going to brown in the fat, which is really nice. But I'm lazy. I don't want to use a slotted spoon. I don't want to use a plate on the side. Okay, so what about you? Same. I will say that sometimes if I have like some lunchbox bell peppers hanging around or even like a bell pepper that's usually getting wrinkly, I like to add that to the vegetable mix because I don't know, it adds like a little bit of vibrancy to the finished pot, whether it's a red, green or yellow pepper. And I do like it to get as soft as possible, just like the onion. So that's part of why I like to do those first because then I like saute them for a little bit of time with just like a pinch of salt and then I'll add the beef and start cooking it. So it's like the onions continue to cook. Yeah. In the be- in the beef and then they're flavoring the beef too. And I like the sweetness that the peppers bring. So yeah, onion. That's why I said vegetables. Yeah, I knew I'm you thinking- did that. <laughs> it's funny because I don't like peppers in my chili so much or red pepper. Green pepper for me, very, this is very personal. I think anyone can use pepper and I think it's a great way to like throw in some extra veggie. In fact, if you're feeding little ones and you feel stress about getting vegetables in their diet, you know, one, I think you shouldn't and it's okay and you have that permission slip. But two, if you just do and you like maximizing any opportunity to throw in some extra veg, I think you could add carrot there. I think you could add celery there. Sweet potato. Sweet potato. I like onion and garlic. That's it. If I have pepper, I like using red pepper because I like the sweetness of it. And also, green pepper makes me think of sloppy joes. Like I have this weird division in my mind. I'm like green pepper for sloppy joe, red pepper for chili. That's very specific. Isn't that weird? I I know. I don't know why. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's make that a rule. Sure. (laughs) We're like, we're always like, break the rules. It's okay. Permission slip. And then I'm like, and this is what? Little weird green peppers. It's true. Even in chili. Okay. Yes. Okay. So then you didn't mention garlic. I didn't mention garlic. Do you add garlic? I like garlic to go in with spices. So ground beef. Mm -hmm. And this is a weird thing that came out of testing taco recipes for good eats. And actually is like written on the taco taco seasoning packet. Not that we're using taco seasoning, although you could for chili. But like as a general rule, 
I like to make sure my beef is like fully browned before mm-hmm. I add spices. And that's because if you're adding things like smoked paprika, your beef can look like it's fully cooked before it's actually cooked. And that's like why the seasoning packets for tacos are like, hey, brown the beef first, like fully brown it and then add the taco seasoning and your liquid or what for cooking tacos. But I think the same thing applies here. So generally I add my garlic after my beef is browned because I don't I don't like to risk it burning. And sometimes I'm like a little distracted in the onion and pepper stage. That's a great point. Because I'm like chopping the other things or I'm like getting the cans of tomatoes and beans and stuff ready to roll. But then garlic and then the other seasonings. I want to like step back for just a second too. And this is like a specific strategy that I've used for making chili for Emmett. I mean, the rest of us are eating it, but you could skip the onions and garlic, like whole pieces, fresh pieces and do ground beef, brown it, and then add like lots of garlic and onion powder. It is not quite as flavorful. And a lot of times I like to do both. I think that's like the most flavor in chili, but I'm just saying you have a kid who's like opposed to onion chunks. Onion powder is a way to go. Absolutely. But I would say if you're going to skip onion, I'm going to encourage you not to skip garlic, but to microplane your garlic. Because microplaning, technically, you can make your garlic a little bit bitter because you're breaking down the cellular wall, blah, blah, blah. But it's really effective in general. I do it all the time anyway. But especially for long-cooked braises, like a long cooked meat sauce, a chili. So you microplane it and it just disappears and then complement that with onion powder and garlic powder as well. Okay. So in the spice stage, well, I didn't tell you when I add my garlic because it's different than yours. You did. You said onion and garlic. You implied that onion and garlic were the same. Okay. I did. But where are we wrong? No, you know what it is? I like adding garlic to a cold pot Mm -hmm. in general. Okay. Why? Because I believe that as the garlic cooks with the oil, it's a gentler, it pulls out a sweeter flavor and also kind of infuses the oil. I feel like it lends much more flavor. And there's something about, I mean, don't get me wrong. None of this really matters, you guys. If you literally just threw onions in and then you threw in the meat and then you're like, oh my God, I forgot garlic. Throw it in. Like Even if you've already thrown in spices or tomatoes, like it's really not that deep. But... I like the garlic to infuse the oil. And there's something about what happens to garlic when it cooks in the beef fat. Mm. I feel like it gets greasy and coated and just doesn't give enough of its like delicious sweetness. Okay. So I add the onion and garlic. Then I add the beef. And then I add the spices. Talk to me specifically about how you add the spices before you tell me which spices. Like, do you sprinkle it over the beef? Do you create a little well in the middle? Like, what's going on? How are you doing Oh, that's a good question. I generally sprinkle it on. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, maybe I'm doing it wrong because you're talking about the garlic. There's no wrong. (laughs) I know. It's just a funny thing where, like, the nuance of, like, adding the garlic when you add it and not, like, wanting it to get overpowered by the beef fat is really interesting to me. And I think that the whole point of this step of adding the spices before you're adding any of the liquid is actually because it brings out a lot of their flavor when you're blooming them in the fat. So then when you introduce the idea that maybe I should be making a little hole in the center 
and cooking my spices there, I'm like a little bit self-critical. I just add them <laughs> right on the ground beef. And then I cook more, like I cook the beef more. I do a lot of stirring yeah. and more like breaking up because I want all those spices to get touched by the heat and touched by the fat in the pot. I bet it works all the same. But I do make a little hole in the middle when I know I can be attentive. And this is a really, this is not just a small asterisk, it's a big one because spices will burn very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So if you can't make the hole in the center, put the spices in the middle and then really be able to stand there for a minute, which seems like a small amount of time. But when you're trying to throw dinner together, it can actually feel like an eternity and not feel realistic. Then I think sprinkle it over the beef and I'm sure it's just as fine. But I do tend to bloom the spices directly onto the heat. I'll let them sit there for a minute. Then I'll kind of stir, make sure they all get nice and greasy so they're coated. <laughs> I see you doing that little stirring making, movement. You're stirring me. movement. <laughs> I wish I'm people stirring. could see. Maybe we'll save that video for Instagram. Okay. <laughs> We're stirring. It's our heads basically bobbing around. I want to go back one half step to, you said this, but I really want to emphasize really browning the meat because once you add the spices, whether you do it directly in the pan or you sprinkle it over the meat, you're going to not have that much time before you start adding liquid. Yes. Right. Because you don't want those spices to burn. So your meat is going to continue to cook, but not so much longer. And really getting the meat brown is where so much flavor is. And not just to make the meat itself more flavorful, but all the crispy edges, all the, I always forget the word and you remember, is it fond? It is fond. Yeah, all the fond on the pot that's going to pick up when you add all the liquid is going to flavor your chili sauce. Yes. Is that what we call it? Is it a chili sauce? It's just it's a chili. Really it's going to flavor your chili. It's a stew. Yeah. It's just your chili. It's going to flavor it's your, your chili. chili. <laughs> it's your chili. So really brown it, then add spices. Yes. Let's do a quick rundown of spices. I like... Oh, gosh. It so depends. It so depends. But like just general, I'm thinking of what's in my spice cabinet right now. And I'm making a pot of chili for... My family of four, which includes an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, both of who can be selective about chili. Garlic powder, onion powder. Yes, even if I've done garlic and onion in their raw forms. 100% Um, Smoked paprika. Yep. I like to do like cayenne pepper and chipotle. I do a very small amount because they I can build spice in in other places too. So I do a very small amount of those. I like to do cumin and Mexican oregano also. 100% my rundown as well. I will say that if you don't have chipotle powder, Mm -hmm. because that might not be something that people just keep on hand the way you and I do, that hot paprika is another way that you can add a little, just a little bit and get a little bit of spice. And sometimes I'll just pair, if I get my spice in another way, chili powder and chipotle powder or chili powder. And sometimes if I have like a whole chili pepper Like I'll toss it in there and then pull it out or I'm going to add chipotles and adobo. Then I'll pair the smoked paprika with a little bit of sweet paprika. Yes. But I often do two different types of paprika. Yes. Always the smoked and then hot or sweet just because I love paprika. I almost never reach for them, but you can get like a chili starter 
packet. Yeah. Like in the grocery store or there is a local spice company here called It's Flavorful. They make salt-free spice mixes and they have a chili starter, which is really good. And I actually think they include like a tiny bit of brown sugar in their chili starter. Oh, that makes sense. It's like kind of controversial for some people. My husband maybe in particular, he's like sugar in the chili. But then he (laughs) (laughs) has this family (laughs) recipe. Scandalous chili burger they call it chili burger it's like a sloppy joe and it like legitimately has brown sugar in it like not just a little sprinkling of it and it's well, like I a think sweet of sloppy meat. joe's as having brown sugar like yes. for sure so that's an interesting way that you can add some flavor too mm-hmm. we didn't talk about salt and i think that we need to go back and talk about salt i did say i salt my onions and peppers when yes. i'm sauteing them i all okay. i did not say that additionally i'm seasoning the beef with salt while it's cooking yes ma'am yes. i think that in general especially with a long cooked braise pasta sauce think about seasoning salt in layers don't overdo it but at every layer season so you're you put onions in the pot garlic season it with a little bit of salt then you you know you add the meat season the meat with a little bit of salt then you add the liquid you're going to season it with a little bit of salt because all those layers are going to create different levels and dimension of flavor yes if you take anything away from this episode it's that anytime you're building a pot of something seasoning basically at every single step is going to just build so so much flavor can you talk about your spices if you're making a white or green chili real quick i think they're very similar i'm still going garlic and onion powder i probably would still add paprika and like the chili powders i don't know that there's anything i would do differently is there something Mm -hmm. is this a trick question is there something you do differently if you're building a white chili So I tend to use hand green chilies. Ooh, that's a hot tip. So I'll add that with my, I'll saute the onions and garlic. And when they're nice and soft, I add the green cans of green chili, chopped green chilies. And you can get those mild or spicy or hot. And then I'll cook that off. Those often are very, they're not packed in liquid, but they're very, they have a ton of moisture. I'll just dump the whole cans in and I'll cook until a lot of the moisture has cooked off and the pieces of chili resemble more like sauteed onion as opposed to being like saucy, if that makes sense. This is so interesting because I like a green canned chili also, like, but I like to add it with the tomato step. Yeah, no, I add it with the onion step. Okay. And then I will add fresh jalapeno too, because I'm skipping paprika. I'm skipping like chili powder. I'm skipping a lot of the stuff. So my heat is going to come from the green, the canned green chilies and from a fresh jalapeno. So I'll throw in the fresh jalapeno. You know, I think I, it doesn't really matter. Like sometimes I'll add that in with the onion and garlic. Sometimes once the green chilies have cooked off like at any point in that step and you can cut your green jalapeno because you know lately they've been really hit or miss like some are mild and then some are like on fire absolutely right so if you're cooking for kids i mean even my kids who like spicy food we've gotten some crazy spicy jalapenos lately so just as a matter of course i'll cut the veins out 
like I'll take out the seeds and cut the veins. And sometimes I'll put a little bit of the seeds that just fall out that aren't connected to the vein aside, kind of throw those back in just for a little heat. Like if I've neutered my jalapeno so much that it's just completely mild, I'll throw in some seeds. And then salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, and cumin. Yes. That all sounds delicious. Okay. We are at the point where we have our like meat and our spices and some veg in our pot. This is not a trick question, but I'm very curious. (laughs) What goes next for you? in the pot? Is it tomato paste? Is it canned tomatoes? Is it broth of some kind? Oh, it's such a good question. Tomatoes. If I'm feeling fancy, like this is a total, like, you know, I make chili a little bit different every time, which I think goes to show that this is very forgiving and you just kind of find your own way and don't feel stressed. It all really comes together. And again, that longer cooking time, even just to, even if you just allow yourself an extra 20 or 30 minutes, that's really when all the flavors are going to come together. And, and that's when the magic is really going to happen. So you don't have to stress about this order too much. But sometimes I'll add tomato paste first. So I'll bloom the spices in the middle. Then I'll add tomato paste in the middle with the spices and I kind of mix it all up and it's becoming a flavorful paste. And then I'll mix it all together with the beef or the meat rather. And then I'm going to add tomato puree. Yeah. I don't use chunky tomatoes. Okay. We have to take a step back because I feel very strongly about cooking tomato paste. I feel like it. (laughs) I I want you so badly to tell me more. (laughs) I think if you don't cook tomato paste and you start adding all your other liquid, then you end up with a pot of chili or a pot of pasta sauce that has a very metallic, tinny, totally tomato flavor that's like almost ketchup adjacent. And I do not like it. I do not like it. (laughs) So you approve of my method? I I got really nervous. No, I was like, listen, before we move on, I have to drive this point home. And the reason to add tomato paste is that it helps with the thickness of your stew. So like Mm -hmm. it is kind of, it's not essential. You don't have to add tomato paste. I think if you're not, if you're going to skip it, then adding your tomato, canned tomatoes in whatever form next and letting them cook down a little bit is helpful too. But it really does just like, add to the body of the broth of the stew mixture. So like yes. it is kind of a great add, but like, please, everybody, please cook your tomato paste. I'm begging um, you. And, and then do you use crushed tomatoes like me? It totally depends on what we have on hand. Yeah. I feel like I tend to buy diced tomatoes because I think of them as more versatile that I can always like buzz them up with like an immersion blender if I want more of a crushed. And then like, it depends on the night. Like, am I feeling motivated to make sure that Emmett really enjoys the chili? I might puree it in the can. I do think that a tomato puree is probably the, the best way to go. If this, the goal is chili for chili haters. So I think you're on the nose here. Yeah. Oliver doesn't really like hunks of tomato. And I find that Hunks of tomato in my chili also don't please me. Like, they don't add anything for me. I don't mind them, but they don't add anything. If I want, if I get a hunk in my chili, I want it to be beans or sweet potato or a hunky meat, yeah. you know, as opposed to ground beef or a combination of meat where you can get some ground and some hunky. 
but I don't like it just feels like a watery bite because yes. even when they cook a long time, the chopped tomatoes are a little watery I think in this a way is that how, I don't like in my chili. I think this is how Emmett feels. I'm going to go off on like a little side quest here about yeah, I love it. tomatoes. Well, it's kind of about this, this idea. I like blended soups in many forms. Mm-hmm. I don't, outside of a white chicken chili, where sometimes I like to puree part of the body of the soup before yes. I add like rotisserie chicken or add the chicken back in. I don't ever like to stick an immersion blender in a pot of chili. So if I need smoother pieces of whatever, whether it's beans or the tomatoes, it has to be pureed separately. And so I just, I don't know why I felt compelled to say that. I don't feel as strongly about that as I do about the tomato paste, but I want to make the point that like, you're not blending chili to get thickness. So these little minutia steps were like add tomato paste or where we're going to ask you to like cook the tomatoes down a little bit. It's because we want to build body without pureeing anything if we don't have to. I think this is a really great point. And if you build chili the way we're talking about and you don't have time to really cook it down, especially if you're doing a chicken or turkey chili, which is when I use the method I'm about to describe more, I will get out the damn slotted spoon where we go through that whole process and then I'll scoop out the meat. Mm -hmm. I will add the liquid. I will add the beans, the drained beans, let it cook just for a few minutes to bring all the flavors together, put some of the liquid, either put the immersion blender in and do a little zippy zappy. I'm not trying to blend everything smooth or spoon out like a third or a quarter of it into my high powered blender, zip it. The beans become the thickener. Yes. And then I'll pour that back in. Now my... I have a thickener that's pureed, that's cooking with the whole beans. And then I'll add the meat that I put aside that I browned in those early steps so that it's nice and flavorful. I'll add that and all the juices that collected back in. But I think it's to your point that we're not blending meat is really the takeaway here, right? Let's not blend meat. Yes. And uh, continuing this side quest a little bit, and then I swear we're going to get back to that (laughs) pot of chili. There are folks who like to add masa flour mm-hmm. to their chili to thicken it yes. and or and or tortillas. And like you could, but then both of those require tortillas. that you have I that know masa, longer. But yeah. tortillas? So I'm, I feel like I'm referencing so many Good Eats episodes here and yeah, I kind of hate it. That. But it is an Alton thing. You chop them up and they like absorb and thicken the chili. Do you chop them into like a dice? Yeah. Like little tiny squares, not like strips or anything. That no. one, Do they kind of disintegrate? They do. But then that's, oh my that's like the longer cooking part of it. Yeah, of course. So you're and adding corn. a lot of body. You're absorbing a lot of the like tomato and broth and like beer if you add that and making your pot of chili more unctuous, more delicious. So Okay. So corn tortillas only, Corn right? tortillas. Yes. Not corn, flour, no flour. I have used the masa trick. I prefer just to cook it down. Same. Personally. Same. Okay.
2024 is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, Build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, so we're back to our pot of chili. We've got our tomato products in there, and we're yep. going to cook the tomato, like, cook the tomato paste, and then once we're adding the canned tomatoes, too, we, I also like to cook those down a little bit. Same. 
Yes. Same. How long? I don't know. I'm going to give a rough, rough estimate of like five to eight minutes. That's what I was going to say, five to ten. You don't have to watch it so carefully, which is no, fun. no. But in this step, because you have the liquid from the canned tomatoes, that's when you're trying to get all that fond scraped up off the pot. Yes. So when, as soon as you add your tomatoes, take your wooden spoon, your spatula, whatever you're using to stir the pot and scrape, scrape, scrape all along the bottom of the pot into those corners of your Dutch oven. Get all that browned, golden, Maillard sweetness mm, up in your chili business. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sexy talk. Do you ever add beef broth or beer? And when do you do that? So, yeah, I have added beer. Weirdly, now that you're making me think about it, I think that I've only added beer to chilies made with hunks of meat, not ground Mm. meat. I wonder why. Oh, and I've also added beer to chicken chili because I do feel like chicken and turkey chilies, everything you can do to boost flavor is what you should do because it just doesn't have the same fat, protein, delicious, meaty flavor that beef, you know, beef is such a huge component of the flavor profile of a beef chili, whereas turkey and chicken are a little bit more in the background, which is great for feeding picky eaters. But I would have added beer Okay, let's see. I would do, I'm like, I'm like, when did I add beer? The tomato paste and the spices, I'm toasting them. I'm tossing everything together. That's like when I would add wine in a tomato sauce, in a meat sauce. Or a beer. I would add beer then because I want the beer to have a chance to cook down before I add the crushed tomatoes or the chopped tomatoes, because there's a lot of liquid there. Once you add the tomatoes, you're entering a different stage of cooking. Things are going to, of course, evaporate because you're going to cook it down and get it thick and let all those flavors come together. But beer you want to add before you add the crushed tomatoes, let it cook down almost till it's gone completely. And all that beer goodness will seep into the meat and the onions and the green chilies if you have them in there. And then I would add the crushed tomatoes. Okay. And then I add broth last. I like to add broth last. Also, unless like this is kind of a troubleshooting thing. Maybe in my tomato or my spice stage, things got out of hand and they're like a little more (laughs) cooked than I need them to. And I want to quickly like loosen all that fond up. I will add like a little bit of broth. I'm talking like a quarter cup right there to sort of like loosen things up. So then I can add the canned tomatoes and like do the other cooking. Totally. What about the beer? Beer, same thing. I like to add it in in between like tomato paste and canned tomato products. I have added it in the end and we can talk about, about how we finish a pot of chili when there's like five to 10 more minutes of cooking because I think it works a little bit the way that adding a splash of vinegar does in that it just kind of like can brighten things up. I would recommend a very like middle of the road beer. You're not using stouts here. You're not using super hoppy IPAs, but something like a Budweiser or Bud Light, like something highly drinkable. I'm trying to think of a cooler brand to mention than (laughs) Budweiser. But that's it. That's all I got. There you um, go. You got Budweiser. Which I'm not a like beer never drinker, in our so house, I don't know. Because Brian is a beer drinker, and he drinks all the, like, nice regional yeah. brews that are, like, a little bit higher brow, I guess, than Budweiser. But that was what I went with. And I think that because I don't know a lot about beer, it's probably why I don't use it. Because if I'm going to grab beer, I'm so, like, basic. I'm yes. like, like, Brooklyn Lager. 
or like Blue Moon. I mean, because those are two beers that I know I like to drink. Yes. So I'll just use them without thinking about what's actually appropriate to the flavor profile. But still, again, like you can't really go wrong here. Yes. Okay. We're talking so ideals. We're talking ideals. So now you have this pot. You have like your wait, 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 wait. Broth. If you're cooking a beef chili, are you always using beef broth? Oh, hell no. I just okay. use whatever. Yeah. I, yes. And if we're talking ideals, in the most ideal world, I have beef broth on hand. Typically, I'm buying veggie or chicken broth, Me and too. that's what I'm using. You don't need Same. a ton. Honestly, if you're trying to have like a thick chili, a lot of times like canned tomato, the, if you're doing like one or two cans of tomatoes, that's enough. And then you're going to add, a, if I, I think here we're talking about using canned beans. And even if you drain them, like rinse them and drain them, you're still adding a little bit of liquid. So then the broth is really about just like getting the consistency that you want. Totally. So can we talk about beans? I was going to say we have this pot of chili. It's got all the tomato products in it. And maybe you've added some broth to it. It's got to cook a little bit longer. Are you adding beans before you like put the lid on and cook, do the like longer simmer? Or are you adding the beans like towards the end of cooking and what kind of beans oh that's such a good question I want to go back really quickly I am gonna answer your question but if you are someone who likes your sweet meat we were talking about sugar before one thing that you can do is add the sugar at this point Mm -hmm. like after you've added the broth that way you can really control the flavor and the amount. Because when you're adding sugar early on, you're just going to add an amount. You're going to add a teaspoon or you're going to add a pinch or whatever it is. I mean, if you're following a recipe, this is all out the window. But you can't sort of take it back. The only way that you can take it back is by adding more salt later. And then you get into this thing where like it's easy to make it too salty or maybe you're just adding more salt than you want to eat. So I feel like once you add the broth, let it like cook for five minutes or so, just enough to bring the flavors together approximately. And listen, the flavor is going to definitely change when you cook it longer. Also, when you taste something and it is piping hot, you are not getting an accurate flavor read. So like get a spoonful, put it in a little ramekin or just like set it aside for a minute. And and this is, again, if you want to kind of perfect chili, make it just exactly what you want, then taste it and then add the brown sugar at this point. Like sugar doesn't need to be browned with the onions. Sugar doesn't need to be added in any of these steps. You can add it now. And then I usually cook the meat a little bit and I add the beans with about like 30 minutes of cooking left. Yes. I'm sort of reverse engineering it. I'm using canned beans usually. And it depends uh, if it's beef, I'm usually using kidney or black beans. If it's chicken chili, I'm usually adding like northern beans, like some kind of white beans. Yeah, sometimes I'll use pinto. I don't use pinto that often, to be honest. Yeah. But yes, pinto is great in a chicken chili. Um, I tend to lean towards white beans in general. Okay, what about you? I want to talk about beets, but you bringing up the the sugar and adding it here at this stage where like the broth is in there, you're about to add the beans, you've tasted it. This is also a time where you could add like molasses if you're wanting a little bit of sweetness or a little bit of different depth of flavor. I typically don't, but this is a place where you could 
add like a little bit of espresso powder or coffee or Mm -hmm. dark chocolate or cocoa powder if that's the direction that you're taking your chili. I also like to add the adobo sauce from canned chipotles and adobo, which maybe I would add a chopped up chipotle itself in with the spices and with the beef, like sort of like where I would add those canned chilies also. But here I might adjust and be like, ooh, do I want something that's like a little bit smokier? Doesn't need a little more spice because remember I just whispered in the dried spices, the dried spices. So now's a good place to add those other little liquid bits too. I love that. And I want to reference for those of you who are newer listeners, we did an episode with Concha Koya, aka Chief Spice Mama, a long time ago. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But she specifically spoke to us about spices in the context of being a family cook. And at the time, she had young children. Like they were very sensitive to heat versus spice. They actually were very sensitive to both. But one of the tricks that she highlighted that I think I do intuitively, but not even consistently, but is so smart, is that you want to also, the same way you layered salt, you can layer ground spices. So we put a whole bunch of delicious spices in at the saute step, and we allowed them to bloom. But now's a really great time if there's any spice you really like, that you really want to highlight, that you want to bring to the forefront of your chili, like you love cumin, add a little bit more now. It's not going to bloom the same way. It's still going to cook. It's not going to be dry and dusty because you're cooking your chili longer. But it is going to give a different flavor than the cumin you added at the very beginning and sauteed with the onions. Yes. And this is another great place to add that salt too, like along with the spices. And then beans. I like kidney beans in a beef chili Red, like red beans. I also sometimes like pinto beans there as well. Yeah. And sometimes I'll do like a can of kidney beans and a can of pinto beans for just like a nice. little texture variety. Maybe this is why my kid, why Emmett's picky. He's like, it's not consistent. <laughs> I don't know what beans I'm going like to get. You got to throw in this. You got to throw in that. <laughs> I do like black beans there. And same with you. I like a white bean for a white chicken chili. It's just, it's mainly an aesthetic thing. And I think the reason to add the bean, even even though canned beans are like fully cooked, you know that there's like that slight difference between a canned bean that's uncooked or hasn't been cooked and like a canned bean that's gotten nice and soft and supple in the broth. So I agree with you. But you you don't want to add it right away. You don't want to add it very early Because it will break down faster because it's already been heat treated. Yes. So now we've got like everything in the pot. Are you cooking things, your chili covered? Is it on the stovetop? Do you ever put it in the oven, in your Mm. Dutch oven to sort of braise? No, I've never put it in the oven, but you totally could. I mean, it's all the same, right? It's just not my habit, but I'd feel comfortable doing that when you clearly do. You gave that away. Yes, yes. So what's the benefit of that? And then we'll get back to what I do. The benefit of that is that you're getting the heat from all sides. So you're kind of shortcutting the long, slow simmer. I mean, you're still doing a slow simmer, but it can be in less time because the heat is from all directions. And I find it incredibly 
effective when maybe I have a chili that I added too much liquid to and I'm trying to cook it down and give it like that long cooked flavor. I'll put it in there uncovered and let it simmer. And sometimes I'm doing it so that I can do other things on the stovetop, whether it's like making hot dogs or <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm alluding to that I am cooking a separate meal. Maybe yeah, I'm making yeah. pasta. Totally. To make chili mac with the left with the finished chili too. It's, I love it. It kind of depends on the day too. It's also nice when you're doing like a longer cooking chili on like a Sunday and you just want to not monitor it, put it in a low oven with the lid on and let it cook for a while. What time? Like 325, 300, not anything crazy. So, I, you know, it's interesting as you were talking, I was like, when would I do that? I don't think it would occur to me to put a ground meat chili in the oven but why not? Now I'm going to. It does make sense to me with hunks of meat because I do have a more direct association with my chili actually being a braise, which is what it is with the ground meat too. It's just not a connection that I've really made explicit for myself. When I cook it on the stovetop, I'm going to be real, real here. The real, real is like, it totally depends. Like if, if I started dinner late, I will literally keep it uncovered and crank the heat. <laughs> and like, I'm not boiling it. You never want to yes. boil it. But I will do an aggressive simmer because I'm like, come on, liquid, like get out of there. Like, I want you to thicken faster. If I have more time, an ideal would be to cook it covered on a nice, bring it to a simmer, like a nice medium simmer, cover it and then cook it for as long as I need to check on it in a half hour, look at it again. Like I do like to take the lid off and do the last 10 minutes or so uncovered no matter what, but I'm gauging it based on my time availability. Yeah. Will you talk about why you never boil chili? I don't think I have a technical answer for that. You probably do having worked for Alton Brown, but you're going to basically, I think of it as like abusing all the spices and meat. like you've worked so hard to layer all this flavor and you're going to kind of obliterate it with the heat. Yeah, I think it's that. It's also like a texture. It's not a scientific thing. It's also just a, a straight up texture thing. Like we want the beans to soften, but we don't want them all to be like broken up and have like bean mush. And if you're violently boiling beans, they are going to, that are, were canned and already cooked, they are going to be bean mush. So yeah. And also the protein in the beef is yes. also going to get obliterated and that's going to change the texture also. Right. It's, it's just like, it's just make very it aggressive. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> very aggressive. <laughs> okay. At this point, we basically have a pot of finished chili. I like to taste the chili and then sometimes I add vinegar. Yeah. I like hot pepper vinegar if it's not spicy enough and I feel like my kids can take it. I'm really into Acid League's smoked malt vinegar right Ooh, now. That sounds and so I'll good. Add some of that or like red wine vinegar or apple cider vinegar, whatever's in the house. What about you? What do you do to, oh, and salt. What do you do to finish a pot of chili? Yeah, I'll salt for sure. And then it depends. I tend to lean more towards lime than vinegar, but both. Mm. I mean, yeah. It just depends on the flavor profile. But I love finishing with lime juice. That's yes. my acid. I'm going to throw a tip out for our listeners with really little kids. Before I start 
prepping all the like cheese and red onions and all that stuff to go on top. This is the point where I'll quickly ladle off two bowls for my two small kids so they can start cooling before anyone else is. Like grownups like piping hot chili, but you do need to let it cool for the little kiddos because nothing will turn them off faster than it being too hot for them to eat. This is my, I'm so excited to talk about toppings. We do rapid fire. Remember when we used to do that in like the first season of Didn't I Just Feed You? Totally. Uh, Okay. I almost wonder if there's like a little, like a little idiom. Like I like to have something spicy, something crunchy, something creamy, something fresh. Yes. So things like sour cream, cheese. Do you want to follow your little categories? What was the first thing you said? Spicy? Spicy. So like hot sauce, more hot pepper vinegar. Um, I'm really into the Trader Joe's Bomba sauce right now, which is like fermented Calabrian chilies. Mm -hmm. You could do chili crisp, I think, here. Also, just very thinly sliced fresh jalapeno. It's one of my faves. Salsa? Because you also get a nice little grassy flavor in there. Yes. And you get some crunch, too. Yes, totally. Yes. Then I said crunchy. Oh, crunchy is so good. Crunchy is the best part. When you were going to say, I have a hack for our families with little kids, I was like, tortilla chips. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's, that's the hack. That's the hack. That gets served with chips or Fritos. Yes. Fritos, tortilla chips, uh, Cheez-Its or like cheddar bunnies or goldfish are also winning crunchies in my house. I sometimes do cornbread with chili, but I I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, I find that then the cornbread just gets eaten versus like my kids will eat a little more chili if it's just like crunchies. Also, Brian loves saltines in his chili, which I feel like oh, is a yeah. okay. southern That is thing? taking me back to Wendy's. Oh, I yes. I feel like Wendy's. I used to love Wendy's. My order at Wendy's when I was growing up was a Frosty and a thing of chili. Yes. A container of chili. And I feel like they served saltines with chili. Is that possible? Yeah, it came in the bag with the container of chili for sure. Oh my God, that's taking me back. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Okay, I'm here for it. I It's not my favorite, but I'm throwing it out there. So like, then you're like opening up the whole cracker aisle. Like you could do club crackers. You could do Ritz crackers. There's a lot of crackers. crackers. Oyster Oyster crackers. Oyster crackers crackers are overrated. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) We said the opposite thing at the same time. You know what I would do? So dry and pasty and plain to me. If it was me, I would do the like butter baking trick that you can do with saltines with oyster crackers. You could do like a packet of ranch seasoning and a stick of butter and like a whole (laughs) big ass bag of oyster crackers and you just bake them in the oven. I mean this in the most loving way. That is the most Megan Splawn recipe idea (laughs) that I've heard from you in a long time. I love it. Okay. I'm going to just say before we move on that if you are serving cornbread with your chili, I think it's still appropriate to put something crunchy on the chili. So like tortilla chips, you can crumble on top, but you also serve them as a side, or at least I do because my kids can eat a bag of tortilla chips. But if the cornbread's going to be like some extra heft on the side, still like take a minute to just grab those Cheez-Its and sprinkle a little on top. It, it makes it so satisfying. Yes. Okay, creamy category. I mean, sour cream. And really, since we started, didn't I just feed you? I 
have really come around to, I must have sour cream and yogurt. Remember yeah. when I used to be like, yeah. anything that you could sour cream, you could also full fat Greek yogurt. You and guys, like, nah, girl, nah. I'm retiring. <laughs> it's done. I did no, my work. No, don't say this, that. This You're going to freak people purpose. out. <laughs> it was my purpose. <laughs> I'm sour so cream. excited to hear you say that. And you know, I've been in this thing for like two years now. I keep saying I'm going to make a reel about it for dinner. I just feed you where I like to take the sour cream container and add lime juice and ranch seasoning to it and like mix it all up. And then it's like lime ranch, Limey sour ranch. cream. And it's so good. Also crema. If you're like, don't like yeah. the thickness of sour cream. And you said cheese as a broad category. I like sharp cheddar or katia cheese, but is there are there other cheeses? Oh, pepper jack is so good too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oliver will put shredded mozzarella on anything. He pretends that he doesn't like cheddar, so I always have a bag of mozzarella that he'll put on. And I want to go back to your tip about the sour cream and mixing in lime juice and ranch seasoning, because here's another hot tip. For those of you who have kids who are starting to get a little older, they're starting to get a little more adventurous, they're not quite there for something spicy, getting a fairly mild hot sauce like Cholula and just putting a few dashes into the sour cream really tempers the the heat of it and gives a little bit of the tangy flavor that Cholula has and also just kind of gets them used to being able to eat that fiery red color and not be scared of it. So that's something that I used to do too. Can I throw out a wild card? Yeah. Box mac and cheese. If you have a true chili hater and you have the bandwidth, a box of mac and cheese paired with chili basically makes chili mac. Yep. And everyone can choose their ratio of chili to cheesy mac. It's genius. You're genius. You can retire too. Okay. Just kidding. You guys, we're not retiring. <laughs> I know. Okay. We're last get category. Ma- email. Okay. <laughs> last category is fresh. You yes. mentioned jalapenos, like thinly sliced jalapenos. I love if we have pickled red onions, which is not technically yes. fresh, those on top. I love green onion cilantro if we have it what red other onion, fresh chopped red, red onion, onion. Do actually do white for onion? beef chili my well for beef my kids like white onion my kids love onions and then for chicken and turkey chili i do red onion yes i mean it doesn't matter again like these are a little bit arbitrary and personal preference you can do either but i do love white onion on beef chili because there's a sharpness yeah Pickled peppers, whether they're pepperoncinis or pickled jalapenos. Sometimes I have on hand, I feel like it has a name. I've definitely written about it for Kitchen, so I should probably know. But you know, like the very Tex-Mex pickled jalapenos with onions and carrots. Sometimes that sort of chopped up on, on top is really good too. And you can do other fresh herbs. Again, when we were talking about layering herbs... You mentioned early on Mexican oregano, Mm -hmm. and I don't want people to be overwhelmed by that. It does taste a little bit different than regular oregano, quote unquote, regular oregano. The typical is the better word for that. But it is like if you can't find Mexican oregano, it's fine to just grab that like McCormick's oregano. And then adding fresh at the end is really nice, too. Just a little bit of chopped fresh oregano. I like lime as like a serving component, like on the side to squeeze 
right on yes. top. Even if you've added some vinegar even. or lime juice or acid, because you have to remember, even though you've taken it off the heat, there's still a ton of residual heat. So that acid that you added at the end is going to give brightness, but it's going to be, it's different. Again, it's just like layering your spices. So the squeeze of lime that you add to your chili at the very end before you take a bite is going to be super bright. Woo. We talked a lot about chili. I'm, did we hit some great points for chili haters? And I, before we want to wrap out, want to talk in like a broad stroke that if you have a bean hater or you have a meat hater or you have like a chunky veg hater, you can still make chilies that are very satisfying that do not have one of those components. Like I think of like, like there are some traditional chilies that are not that do not contain beans. Right. Like it's I'm literally ground meat. Skyline chili. Mm hmm. Which or like Cincinnati style chili, yep. which is basically like a red sauce, so- not a red sauce, but like yeah. all the brothy bits of chili. But it's like very s- processed and om- it's not smooth, but it's like almost smooth, like yeah, a red ground sauce. meat is like so broken down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, totally. And it's great on hot dogs. So just like your chili mac idea, you make some of that for yourself. You make hot dogs for the kids and then give them a tiny ramekin of the chili and say like, oh, if you want to try this on your hot dog. Yes. Yes. You'd be a genius because it's delicious. That's what you can say to them. Yes. And then straight up bean chili is a thing that we do like pretty regularly in our house because we have some friends who are plant based and it's easy to make like a big batch, make like black bean chili. Um, We didn't talk about vegetarian chilies which we i do like and i tend to lean towards like sweet potato and corn i would add the sweet potato where i would add the beef so it's lots of time to cook but you could do any sort of root veg like squash and then you can also bolster any type of chili well maybe more specifically like red chilies or bean chilies with a can of pureed pumpkin like i it knew adds that's where you're going absolutely and body did we miss anything else? No, I just want to like really emphasize what you said about adding the. I do think sweet potato is a really excellent entry base for vegetarian chili. And it's literally just following the directions we gave you, but putting the chunked up, chopped up sweet potato in with the beef when the, we said add the beef and it's all the same from there. And yes, and then other like quick cooking vegetables you can add with the broth like corn even diced zucchini like that stuff is just gonna cook in the sauce because it's really easy carrots celery anything like that you'd add with the onion but it's pretty straightforward tell us where you add the canned pumpkin just so people really have a a blueprint I would add it where I would add broth. So like after all the Mm -hmm. tomato products are are added and cooking, like simmering, then I would add the pumpkin again, sort of like the tomato paste. You don't want to wait till like the end and then try to thicken it with the canned pumpkin. Like it needs to cook. Otherwise, it's going to taste like pumpkin puree. Pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now I want chili. Now I want chili. And now I want to hear from our listeners. Like, did we... (laughs) Did we really follow through on our promise about chili for the chili haters? So let's take it to our Gen 9 Just Video listeners community. 
We would love to have you join us there. If you haven't already, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And if you want those bonus episodes or other goodies, join our supporting community. Follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.